Hi, this is Angie Meadows. And Bobby Snyder. This is the Rocker Recovery, and we're with Expression Studio, uh, with Expressions Radio. I'm already interrupting you. <laughs> we're in Huntington, West Virginia, and we're happy to see you today. We're doing lesson number six in Rocker Recovery, Overcoming Trauma book, available on AmazonBooks.com with, under my name, Angie G. Meadows. And the mind control is the next portion of the trauma trap. When we recognize our traumas, we recognize our inner core wounds and our inner core responses and our severe responses now. Then we looked at uh, our mental prisons and now we're gonna look at mind control. So kick us off, Bob A. A prudent man sees danger and takes refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. <laughs> Yeah, here we are. Proverbs 22, 3. <laughs> yeah, so we want to be prudent. I actually have to pray for prudence. So let's go for the introduction. What's your definition of prudence? Just just being very, um, very discerning to ask the Lord to tell me which way to go, which is, is the the safety zone <laughs> not not the gray not the the black not the white but just just stay in where i'm perfectly in his path and in his will does that make sense sure okay for you <laughs> i'm sure i can find a better definition <laughs> well my control is defined as causing changes to the mind or to behavior of another through persuasion and influence there are ethical and respectful influences that respect the individual's personality and rights. Then there are negative influences that strip the person of his or her right to independent thinking. Mm. So yeah, I don't want to be where I uh, think one way and then the minute I get on the phone or the minute I get in front of somebody, automatically they've talked me into doing something that I had no intention of doing. That person's playing mind control on me. Uh, so selfishness is one of the key components of a person exercising mind control over another. So I want to be careful that I'm not allowing those that are extremely self-absorbed and self-centered, narcissistic to be close to me, having control over me. I want to distance myself from that. So let's go for the lesson. Mind control manipulators have an agenda. There are numerous mind control tactics used by televisions, politicians, friends, teachers, coaches, pastors, etc. Most people do not even recognize when they are thinking thoughts placed in their minds by others. This injection of ideas and beliefs into another is how cults control people or how an abuser keeps his victim captive. Mind controllers train the subconscious mind of the another in the way that they want them to think. Hmm. So I think when somebody would be talking negatively to me, they would say, you ain't never going to do that. You ain't never going to amount to nobody. You ain't a nobody. Nobody's going to listen to you. You know, when they're doing that over me and God's put something in my heart and yet they're telling me that, that's mind control. So I got to fight against that. I got to fight against somebody holding me down, keeping their thumb on me so that they can dominate me. So why is mind control use. So let's look at three reasons here, Bobby. Well, one is to fulfill another person's agenda. Uh, one to defraud you of your money. Uh, and another one is to control your time. Yes. So that's why maybe, and you might be able to find other reasons that people want to control you. Uh, so the end results of mind control, let's go through five of these. Well, the victim believes the messages are, that are given to them. Uh, they may even believe so strongly that they can convince another of their new ideas. Frequently loved ones do not recognize them. 
those personality changes. Yes. <coughs> so, um, so if I've got someone doing mind control over me and all of a sudden my thinking has changed, then I might go back to an old friend in a couple of years and they're like, you know, I don't even know who you are now. Right. Um, you're given a pseudo personality. This personality agrees with their abuser or their manipulator's values, beliefs, and ideas. That's a Stockholm Syndrome. And often this dominance is associated with sexual abuse. And I, I find that this, there's so much manipulation that's, con, that's in this mind control that it's almost like a witchcraft. It's almost like uh, um, stubbornness is idolatry. And, um, um, and there's a witchcraft and idolatry here that comes along with mind control that controls the person where they can't get free. So there's got to be a distance here. There's got to be a a total um, pulling away and putting yourself under someone else's authority. And I think that's why domestic violence shelters are good. If you can get into a domestic violence shelter and get with, if you're in that type of a situation, and get with women that are learning how to find their own identity. Because with mind control, what the person has done is steal your identity. So we don't ever want to let that happen. So let's look at some mind control techniques that might be used on us. Fear. It's a big one that I've been familiar with, actually on both sides, because I've been on both sides of this as well. Um, shower of love and affection, uh, like love bombing. Um, loyalty to a destructive person, uh, trauma bonding. Four, your time is heavily consumed. Individuality is not respected. Five, increasingly loud repetition of the same words is common. Six, creating dependency especially with finances and controlling your income. Seven, verbal abuse, criticism, and insults. Eight, threats and bullying. Nine, small rewards for desired behavior, bone throwing. <laughs> that's hey, what I call that. throw me a bone. <laughs> yeah, that's what I call that. As soon as they think, oh, wait a minute, oh, wait a minute, they're fighting back. Oh, let me throw them a bone. Let me give them a hug. Let me tell them how much I love them. Well, it's just a bone. <laughs> just keeping you on the hook. <laughs> Ten, punishment for unwanted behavior. This could be five hours to five days of ranting to build a case to justify your next physical beating. And 11, victims are not ignorant of the cycle and do not recognize, I mean, victims are ignorant mm -hmm. of the cycle and do not recognize the next phase is coming. So that's why you have to get, if you're being, if you're in domestic violence, if you're being abused, you've got to uh, expand your thinking and realize that a domestic violence shelter is not a step down, it's a step up. Right, moving forward. Yes, and because <clears throat> now you can go and you can learn how not to be a victim and you can watch other women's uh, stories and you can see the cycles that is uh, played out in your life. So number 12, Bobby. Victims are often trapped and become unwilling participants. Children are often, often caught in this cycle. Guilt and shame and bringing up past offenses are used to dominate and control. Uh, number 14, you're expected to denounce healthy friends and family. 15, abuser rails and berates anyone who can protect you until they make you think others are the true enemy. Mm. 16, your loyalty is the only thing that gives you temporary relief. 17, you are made to believe you are making your own decisions. 18, other manipulation tactics are avoidance. Silent treatment, withdrawing their heart from you, lying and hiding. Nineteen, the this abuse is always accompanied, accompanied by financial dominance. Wow, this this looks painful. Yeah, a lot of that stuff. Now, some of those things are real gray area. Mm -hmm. Like to me, um, I deal with a lot of people coming into recovery new, 
at that point in time, their thinking is already messed up. Mm -hmm. And we, it seems that some of these things are things that we actually do to help them get better. Well, it's because they can't make their own decisions and they can't trust themselves to make their own decisions right. because they've been a victim. So you become a trusted authority that helps guide that decision-making. To me, that's not anything like abuse. That's that's a here's the path, here's what I'm going to tell you to do because you can't make that decision on your own because you gave that decision-making power over to a drug, over to an abuser. So. I think that's healthy. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that we knew yeah. the, the, the difference because yes. some of these things are similar. Uh, you know, if, if, if I'm at a recovery program and I, I'm, I don't do something right, I'm going to get consequences. Right. And it may feel like punishment and it may feel like you guys are trying to control me. That's right. You hear that all the time. You know, this place is a prison. And, <laughs> you know, and we're just really, in, in essence, we're really trying to not brainwash, but I know when I need got there, my brain needed washing. <laughs> yes, and you needed protecting needed from cleanse. yourself. Correct. Because the self-destruction was going to land you into a, a coffin. Right. I just wanted to make that clear yes. so people could see that. Right. You know, totally different. So when you do get to a domestic violence shelter or a substance use center, you are going to be told what to do. You are going to be told what hours you can go out, who you can call, how, how long you can stay on the phone, what you can say, what you can do, where your money is going to be spent. But that's good because normally those paths are very well established and have good uh, governing authorities over them with several people watching and what they're doing is looking out for your best interest until you can govern yourself in a proper way and say no because what I see is that they can't govern themselves so if they have money after they're sober now they become enablers and they give all their money away <laughs> they yeah. still don't have they still don't have the ability to say okay now wait a minute i need to pay my bills first <clears throat> i need to save this much for tomorrow and and then i can give this much away does that make sense they need those boundaries Absolutely. for themselves I mean, before be, the day before i sobered up if i had a dollar in my pocket i would buy a beer yes because that's what i would do with a dollar yes. sometimes it would take me all day to get a dollar Oh, wow. But if I had a dollar, I would get a beer. Now, I've got a whole bunch of dollars in my pocket right now, and I didn't go get a beer today. Right. So something changed. Something and, changed. And it, and, it, and it went through a process. But it took you releasing you from you. Correct. So that you could learn a healthy you. Absolutely. So it was like a washing and a cleansing. Okay, so what's the next stage of mind control? Guilt is established, and the victim feels like they deserve the punishment. Mm. Number two, the abuser's ability to unrealistically rationalize the injustices done to them is established. Number three, the assault on your identity continues and everything you say is contradicted. Four, your individuality is rejected. Five, who you are is redefined. Your identity as an individual person is being eroded. Six, any movement towards freedom reverts the abuser into a master victim role. Seven, the quickly triangulate, they quickly triangulate family and friends by distorting the facts and using emotions to gather support. Hmm. So a victim is a lower secure uh, vibrational energy. If I'm being a victim, if I'm being a people pleaser, it usually goes right along with being a people pleaser. And you, if a person is a victim or a people pleaser, they usually attract a controller um, or an avoider. And then it's a push-pull a game that they're doing in a relationship and it's not healthy it's not secure it's not stable and so they're always trying to cling to something that's not there so there's a lot of um, assault on your identity where you're told who you are 
and you don't really get to express your own individuality. It, you'll hear things like, uh, you shouldn't say that. Why would you talk like that? And you're, you're basically just expressing your own opinion, but you're not allowed to have your opinion if it disagrees with the opinion of the person that's trying to control you. So let's go for advanced stage of mind control, Bobby. So when you've completely lost your identity and are totally under their control, it's the only time there's a moment of harmony. Hmm. Wow. The abuse will stop momentarily before it cycles again. This is what I call throwing a bone or keeping you in the, on the hook. Your new identity becomes apparent. You can no longer think your own thoughts. Your concerns are for the other person and not yourself. You doubt your capability of decision-making because all of your decisions are met with a massive amount of confusion. Or you're told you're crazy and no longer possess the power to make your own decisions. Even if you do make decisions, none of your boundaries are respected. Hmm. So, so if I've lost my identity and I'm a people pleaser and I'm a victim, basically what I'm doing all day is trying to walk on eggshells and tiptoe around, hang uh, the towel just right in the bathroom, uh, uh, turn the hangers just right in the closet, you know, make sure the, the bolts in the door, the this is done, that's done, everything, the dishes are just exact. You know, I'm trying to manage my environment externally because I don't have any control internally. And, and I'm literally, um, I, I'm, I'm never, there's never any peace, you know, whether, whether full laughs or rages, there is no peace. So even if there is some sort of temporary peace because I was able to manage everything perfectly, there's no, I'm just waiting for that next shoe to drop. I'm waiting for that next bomb to go off. So if that's you, if you're in this type of a situation, I want you to start getting counsel. Now, when you put up boundaries and the boundaries aren't respected and they just push right through them, it's because you put up a boundary that you're not able to uh, be in control of. Like if I say to you, you, you can't talk to me that way. And yet I stand there and allow you to do it. I set up a boundary that you just push through. So now I feel more like a victim. But if I say to you, um, you can't talk to me that way, so I'm going to leave for a little while. And I walk away. Now I've put up a boundary that I can control. My boundary was when you talk to me like that, I'm going to walk away. Correct. So we want to make sure that we're, we're able to have some power to be able to have a boundary that we can establish. So let's look at what a master mind controller looks like. A master mind controller, uh, they will spend days, weeks, months, and even years separating you from anyone safe. Uh, you feel no one loves you except your manipulator. You willingly give them everything. You become their savior or rescuer. Appearances to the outside world can be all good and happy. Skeletons are safely tucked into the closet. I look so good on Facebook. Mm -hmm, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> when you start fighting with your freedom, everyone, everything will escalate and the craziness will be apparent to all. Okay, so it's going to get worse. When you start fighting for your freedom, it's going to get worse before it gets better. It's going to heat up really hot. It's going to be like that Nebuchadnezzar was like, heated up seven times. And that's all but he's going to be on Facebook too. And, and, and you know what? That's <laughs> a good thing. That when there's the total escalation, uh, it's a good thing. It, just keep fighting through it, and eventually you'll get past that that battle because my freedom is worth fighting for. And the other thing I want to say is if, you're, if uh, you were a child growing up in this situation, you didn't have any power as a child, but now as an adult, you have power over this, man. You can walk away. You can start pulling your... You can get a, educate yourself. You can get a job. You can start pulling your finances, tucking things away so that you can plan escape.
So now let's look at the exercise. So evaluate your current relationships, marriage, children, employer, etc. Examine any dysfunction in your life. Focus on the good, establish some future goals for improvement within your control. Empower yourself to become independent. Now, reshape your future to look different from your past. And so what I would say here is baby steps. Right. You know, just because there's a decision to be made, sometimes I think, okay, well, if I do that, it's permanent. No, no, think in temporary decisions. Layers. Layers, yes. I, I can make a decision today, but I can make a different one tomorrow. So that way I, I don't have to really struggle with such confusion that I'm stuck trying to make a big decision. I can just make little baby ones. The application, Bobby. If you've been dominated mentally with mind control games, you are not free to have your own feelings or think your own thoughts. You may be completely unable to make decisions based on what is best for you. Frequently you make decisions or get confused or cannot follow through with them. Being dominated with mind control keeps you from feeling like you can trust yourself. You can recognize this unhealthy relationship, turn to a trusted friend, counselor, recovery center, or domestic violence shelter to receive help to break this cycle. Expect to have a mental and emotional fight to reclaim your life. Distance is needed for your safety. You may also need legal counsel for protective orders to be set in place. Hmm. So I think the key here is the words that I want to pull out is trust yourself. If I can't trust myself, that's when we, we were talking about putting ourselves under the authority of people I could trust. Okay, they've led a lot of people to recovery. Okay, they've led a lot of people through this process of breaking the cycle of domestic violence and setting them and their children free. So I need to trust them to make my decisions because obviously I can't trust myself because I keep landing back in the same place. Surrender now, to win. Yeah, so if, if you got out of one, uh, like if you grew up in domestic violence and then you married and you had domestic violence and you got out of that and now you're on your third or your fourth relationship and it's still abusive, maybe in a little bit different way, you never really went back and dealt with the issues from the very first from your childhood because you keep landing there like different name different face different place but you're basically still in the same abuse allowing yourself to be abused so I want you to be really careful that if this is your third relationship the answer is not getting free the answer is figuring out why you keep landing there <laughs> so freedom will come when you yield to respectable counsel and not to confused emotions so what's the principle Bobby whoever or whatever controls your thinking controls you hmm Interesting. Okay, so the caution is, if you escape a toxic relationship and do not work to change your thinking and recognize this type of dominance and abuse, you are likely to repeat this scenario for the rest of your life. Example, if you spent your teen years fighting back to get free from a toxic authority and did not work to build strong foundational thinking, you have likely become trapped in other toxic relationships. You may have even learned to equate mind control dominance with love and perpetuate the cycle of toxicity. This can never bring about strong, healthy relationships. So until we can evaluate our losses and our gains, we cannot understand where we have been and the work needed to move forward. So today we're going to identify what trauma needs healed. If there's time, break out into some small groups and share with one another your greatest wound. So let's look at the wound identifier. So when I can go back and look at the wounds from my childhood, from the different areas of my life, then I can realize that, oh, here are the things that I don't want to repeat and what's the plan to help me 
uh, work through these. And, and like I think I've told you before, you, I, if I get stuck in, in one behavior, in one cycle, I go to a counselor, I go to trusted friends, I go to groups, I go to like sponsors, accountability partners, and I say, what is up with this? I just landed here again. So let's go through some of these, just kind of read them slow. There's a lot of these. Uh, there's domestic violence, uh, being abandoned, uh, neglected, uh, brainwashed with mind control, uh, being a victim of incest or rape, having an enabling parent uh, or a verbally abusive parent or even a sibling, uh, alcoholic or drug addict in the home, substance use disorder, severe street drug use, homelessness, divorce, um, unable to please your parents, you're not validated, you don't feel safe, unable to feel comforted or loved, uh, having a promiscuous parent, uh, having a marital conflict with your parents, having a single parent, having no parent, uh, an emotionally absent parent or an incarcerated parent, having abusive siblings, bullying peers, um, giving drugs or alcohol at a young age. You know, uh, these are all things. You know, when I talk to my, my girls uh, in the recovery houses, I mean, they can go down through here and they can mark dozen of these and it's like man if if people understood what that landed them in the drug abuse I think they'd have more compassion if they understood the suffering that they went through and the 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 you know the foster homes that they landed in or or the the abuse that they just had from step parents and things like that they just didn't have the stability the nurture they didn't feel like they fit anywhere so this, that's our emotional wounds from childhood. So number two, what are the outcomes of these emotional wounds? It is important to understand the consequences of this kind of negativity in my life. So the outcomes can be confusion, fear, anxiety, stubbornness, rebellion, misplaced values, poor decision-making, habitual lying. You know, I learned to lie to protect myself. <laughs> and that was a habit I had to really fight to break. So negative thinking or racing thoughts, exaggerated emotions, unforgiving, bitter, irresponsible, mental confusion, mental torment, fantasy escape like addictive thinking, depression, enabling being over-responsible for someone else, not having a moral compass, being passive-aggressive, having other addictive behaviors or food compulsions, mutilating myself, uh, self-destructive with alcohol, drugs, excessive gambling or pornography, promiscuity or other high-risk behaviors. So these could be the results of having had um, not been nurtured as a child, not been protected, having had authority that you couldn't trust. So what you have to do now is find authority that you can trust. So number three, what good things came out of this? There are some good things. Uh, let's make a positive shift and take a look at those things that you know, could give us uh, a little bit of sense of gratitude, attitude of gratitude, <laughs> um, having nice friends, uh, a friendly personality, pets that you loved, um, I wanted to do right, uh, being intelligent, being good with my hands or crafty, having good hobbies, athletic, being musically inclined, Loving my grandparents, stable adult influence. Uh, I had food and shelter. I had great teachers, a home. Uh, all those things were, were blessings in my life. Yeah, now see, if you, if you have dishonorable parents, if you had dishonorable parents, you cannot honor what was dishonorable. This is 
you know, honor your mother and your father, and then life will go live long. You will live long. You'll, your life will go well. But I can't honor what was dishonorable. I can't honor the abuse. But I can honor the fact that, they, that there was good things in my life, that they did give me food, that they did give me a home or shelter, that they tried to put food on the table. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I can honor that. And so even if you were given up an adoption, uh, honor your parent with the fact that they wanted you to have a better life. Maybe they you know, just just make that parent uh, in your mind somebody that you can honor. They gave me life. They chose to bring me into this world, and then they chose to give me, uh, a, try to give me a stable family that would love me in a way that they w knew that they weren't capable of doing. So number four, what did you identify most with as a child? So I want you to learn where you stuck your identity because you know if you didn't have a strong family unit, a strong spiritual grounding, you developed an identity with other things. Yeah, it's good to evaluate the people you admired. Uh, says they've helped you build that identity. For example, you've practiced dysfunctional behaviors like one of your parents. This may have been an attempt to identify with them to win their approval. Hmm. So uh, who was I admiring? Was it my peers? Uh, was it my absent parent or abusive or enabling parent? Was it my other sibling, uh, a sports hero, uh, someone from history, a historical hero, a cult or a gang leader, a musician? Uh, do you identify with healthy or unhealthy individuals? You know, you got to ask, did you identify with those you were trying to please? Did you identify with one who was emotionally unavailable? Or did you lead or follow a crowd? Hmm. So if I identified with unhealthy people, if I if I identified with people that I couldn't please, people that would never be emotionally available to me and I was a follower, I was led astray. So what I have to do is realize that even though my parents may have gave me life, may, may I may want their approval, they may not have the capacity to give it to me. So I asked, I, I asked the Lord to bring me other people in my life that could parent me, that could love me, that could give me that support and approval. So let's wrap this up, Bobby. What's the conclusion? No one deserves the right to take away your ability to think for yourself. Thinking is thought all the way through to the end is work. Thinking a thought all the way through to the end is work. Pondering decisions through to their potential or expected outcomes is a learned skill. It's vital to learn God's word. The commandments reveal us who and what to obey. The statutes are God's value system. Principles in God's Word helps us establish boundaries. Precepts is a general rule of action. It teaches us to think for ourselves. Until we can identify my control, to identify the my control of the media or other influences in our lives, we cannot break its power over us. Purpose to think great thoughts, thoughts that are higher than yourself. Know the mind of Christ is available for you. Hmm. For I know. For, for who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2, 16. Oh God, dispel the darkness. Show me the lies I believe. Give me courage to fight for my freedom. Help me build my thinking in the foundational truths of the word of God. Empower me in Christ Jesus to make the right decisions for me and for my life and for my children and my family, Lord. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. 
Amen. And this is The Rock and Recovery, and I'm Angie Meadows, and I'm Bobby Snyder. And we're glad you enjoyed enjoyed this today and joined us. And if you want to listen to it again, it's on uh, the podcast, Rock and Recovery. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.